We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. You have caught us in a time where we are in the middle of a series called Knowing God, where we are looking at how we understand God better, how we know Him more so that we can relate to Him well. That's the whole goal of this series. And we have this incredible opportunity in our lifetimes to know God as a real person, to know Him personally, to interact with God, for God to speak to us, for us to hear from Him, for Him to be involved in our lives. And as we do that, there's incredible things that happen. We, we appreciate the life that He has for us now and in the future. We experience His goodness um, being imparted into us. He, he gives us direction in our lives as we partner with Him. We, we experience His truth and His love in those times that we're trying to go, well, what next, Lord God? You know, what, where, where are we going from here? And our prayer is that as we go through this series, that your desire to know God would deepen and your experience of God will go a lot deeper than it is at the moment. So that's, that's our prayer. And wherever you are at on that journey, we appreciate that people come to church and they don't even know God and that this is fairly new to them. We appreciate that there are some of you that have walked with God for decades and that's fantastic. But as we go on this series, we're hoping that your knowledge of God will go just that little bit deeper. And we're, what we're exploring today is how... Our knowledge and our experience of God, well, especially of his character, of his attributes, of who he is, when we understand that more, as we appreciate that more, we hear his voice more clearly. Now, what do we mean by that? Because that, that needs a little bit of unpacking, because if you're sitting here today and going, oh, hang on, what do you mean by God's voice? Is that like Morgan Freeman sort of coming through, the, you, know, you know, one of these deep, you know, uh, voices that comes through the radio or to me, or, or I just hear in my head, like, what happens there? Those who follow God, who have walked with God for some time, know that the thoughts that we have in our minds can be sometimes just natural thinking. You know, it's just, just something that we're pondering on. But especially when we're in prayer, especially when we're in worship, especially when we, our hearts and our focus is directed towards God, like we were just doing before, that God actually directs our thoughts. He, he puts thoughts into our minds that we realize they're not just our thoughts, they're God's thoughts. Does, does that kind of make sense? So we, we can analyze our thinking a little bit and go, oh, I know that God is, and how Christians say this as we go, that's God speaking to me. I know that I didn't just generate this thought on my own, that, that inner voice, so to speak, or that, that thought that comes to our minds, we know, yeah, that's God. That's God just prompting me to go in that certain direction or encourage me with this or support me in this. And here's the question. If, if that is your experience today, and for many of you, that will be your experience. If that is your experience today, how do you know it's God? Now, I hear, hmm, yeah, because some of you go, yeah, I'm still trying to work that one out, you know. And, and, and some people say, oh, well, there's just, a, 
there's a certain amount of peace that goes with that word. Uh, so some people kind of identify that there is a there's the presence of God that accompanies the word of God. So they know that that thought comes from God or that impression comes from God. But one of the things that all Christians do when trying to weigh these things up is they look at the thought that they are getting or the, the thinking, the impression they're getting in that moment, and they weigh that up against what they know of God's character. Does that make sense? Is this something that God would say to me? Uh, like if one of you came to me and said, hey, um, uh, Jinnia just called me and she wants you to know this. Uh, what I would be doing is going, mm, is that what I know of my wife's character? Like is that something that she would say to me? And if it's kind of like real left field, I'd go, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're pulling my leg here. I don't, I don't, think, that, I don't think that's true. And, and we, we kind of do the same thing. We may not even realize that we're doing this, but this is kind of a natural thing we do when we're weighing up, is this God speaking to me? Sometimes in, in pastoral life, I'll be praying with someone or talking um, with someone through a, a certain situation. And I'll ask them, I'll say, so what do you think God is saying to you in this situation? And then w their response, they might say, well, I, I think God is saying this. And what I'm analyzing at that point is, is that something that I know from what I see in Scripture that God reveals about himself or what I experience of, of God's character? Does that kind of line up? And if it's, you know, if they say, oh, you know, God's not interested in me, God doesn't really care about me, I go, yeah, I don't think that's a God thought. You know, I don't, I don't think you're hearing from God at this point because I know that that's not the character of God. I know that the character of God is that he loves you. I know that the character of God is that he wants to connect with you. So that's not something that he would say. So do, does that make sense? So the point that I, I want you to hold in your mind as we're going on this journey today is this, that our knowledge and experience of God's character or who God is as a person is going to significantly affect how we discern God's voice. Does, does that make sense? So it makes sense then to go on a journey like we're going over these next few weeks where we look deeply at God's character and who he is because the deeper we go there, the clearer we're going to hear his voice. So if you want to hear from God more clearly, then dig deep into his character because then you'll be able to discern, ah, yeah, that, that thought is from God. Does that kind of make sense? Is that, yeah, you're picking up on that. So here's my question for you today. When you think about God as a person, because God is a person, he's not a person like you and me, but he has a personality. He, we are created in the image of God. So God in some ways is, is like us. So if God is a person and he describes himself as a person, a divine person, how do you perceive God? Like, do you see God as an old man? Do you see him as someone like Jesus, who's depicted in a lot of the, you know, your, your, your kids' books and things like that with long hair, you know, kind of a bit like Phil Parks looking sort of a character? You know? Like what, what, you know, what, what, do you, what do you picture God to be? In, in 2007, a, a book came out and then followed by a movie called The Shack. Who's read uh, The Shack? A uh, few of you out there? Okay. And, and it's, it, it's a book. It can be quite polarizing. I appreciate that. Some people loved The Shack. They thought it, it 
completely transformed their understanding of God and their appreciation of God. Other people really struggled with it. I'm not going to make a judgment on that. You can, you can weigh that up for yourself. But the interesting um, thing that this brought out was it portrayed God in several different ways, and it challenged a whole lot of people's preconceptions about what do I picture God to be like? Uh, who is he? Or maybe in this case, in, in the shack, it was a, a, a black woman. Like, is, is that what God's like? Like, who, who is God? When I imagine God, who do I imagine him to be? And that's not an easy thing to work out. Because as we go through the Bible, we see that God expresses himself in lots of different ways. We see that a common phrase that's used is that, is that it's just God. God is just God or Lord. But then we see God personified in the person of Jesus. And so we go, okay, that's what God's like. That, that is who Jesus is. And yet Jesus, when he was here on earth, he prays to the Father. So we go, oh, okay, so God is more than just Jesus. There's, there's a Father. There's a Father that he's praying to. And he asks us to pray our Heavenly Father, our, our, you know, our Father who art in heaven. And then God is also referred to as the Holy Spirit. So now it's starting to get really confusing. And all these names of God aren't just names of the same person. We have to appreciate there are three different persons within the one person, which is God. And even as I just said that line, your, your head kind of went into a bit of a tailspin because you went, hang on, you're using uh, you know, the, the singular and the plural at the same time. That you can't do that. Well, the problem is you can with God because he is three and one at the same time as we were just singing about. Let me give you an example. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. This is where Jesus is being baptized. And when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was being baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him bodily like, like in the form of a dove. Now, so we have two expressions of God here. We see Jesus, who is God, being baptized. We have the Holy Spirit, who is God, descending upon him. And then a voice from heaven says... You are my son whom I love. With you, with you I am well pleased. So we have the Father speaking from heaven. We have these three persons of God, and yet we go, oh, but isn't God just one God? Like, how does, how does this work? And it can be very tempted to look at a picture like this and go, oh, I've got it. I've, I've got it worked out. There's, there's these three people of God. There's the Father, there's the Son, there's the Holy Spirit. All people, three different people of God, all working collaboratively together, just being of one mind. Like, is, that's, that would be a whole lot easier way to think about it, wouldn't it? You know? But then we get uh, Deuteronomy 6 verse 4, where Jesus is very clear, well, God is very clear in expressing himself. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. I'm not three, I'm one. So God reveals himself at times as one being, as, as one person. But yet, 
we see him expressed in three people on numerous occasions and three people at the same time on those occasions. And I can appreciate, and we're not going to get into all the nuances of this, that this is tricky. This is really tricky for us to get our head around. And the early church, the, the church that first formed after uh, Jesus left and um, was getting established, it struggled to work this out as well. And so it came up with a phrase to describe God's threeness and oneness at the same time. And it said, well, let's call this the Trinity. It's, God is triune. It, he is three in one, or the Trinity. And the early church looked at this and went, there's so much biblical evidence for this, and there is so much practical experience that we see in our lives that this must be the case. And the other thing they worked out over the next few centuries is that if you lean too far one way or the other on this, you fall into error. Does that make sense? So if you, if you think of God as three people, where you go, okay, that, that's cool, that really helps me out, but you won't appreciate his oneness. If you lean into his oneness and go, yeah, God is just one person, you don't appreciate how diverse God is. And so what the early church did is it said, you've got to hold this intention and go, God is three and one at the same time. It's too big for us to get our head around. It's not our common natural experience in the world we live in, but it's part of the depth that is the God that we worship. God is way bigger and way more complex. As Jonty shared a few weeks ago, he is transcendent. He's, a, he's above our understanding at times. And this is one area of God where we just have to go, okay, I don't get it, I can't fully understand it, but it's, what, it's who God has revealed himself to be. And one of those things that it um, helps us appreciate is that God isn't just one type of personality or one type of, of person. He is wonderfully complex and yet wonderfully relatable at the same time. And I appreciate that if you're starting out on a journey of faith, you're going, oh man, this is just a bit sort of mind-blowing for me. I'm not sure if I can get my head around this. But as you go on in life, like a lot of other things, you think when you're 20 that life is real simple, right? You think, oh, I've got it all sorted out, man. If they, if, you know, politics, it's, it's all, uh, they've made it all just too col uh, complex, or the economy, if they just did this, it would sort it all out. And then you get a bit older and you go, oh, yeah, life is actually a little bit more complex than that. You realize that the relationships around your life, you think, ah, oh, it's really simple. I just fall in love and I marry this person and life is going to be happily ever after. It's all going to be sweet. And then you realize, actually, there's a lot of complexity to the building this marriage relationship. There's a lot of complexity to life. And there's a lot of complex complexity to God. And that shouldn't mean that we back off and go, oh, that's just too hard for us to understand. Don't do that. If you're listening to this now and you're thinking, oh, you know, the, the trinity of God, the three persons of God, but one person, oh, that's all just too hard. And you're already switching off and going, okay, that's just in the too hard basket. Don't go there, okay? Stay with me, hang in there. Um, this is important for us to get our head around. Why? Because as you appreciate the complexity and the diversity of the God that you worship, you will go deeper with him. And this is what Paul realized. And, and I see it expressed in Ephesians chapter 3. Let's unpack this uh, passage together. 
Ephesians chapter 3, this is where Paul is finishing off um, uh, the first section of his letter to the Ephesians. And he wants to pray for them. And he's, and he's a bit more mature in his faith and he wants them, uh, much like I'm describing to you today, to go deeper in their relationship with God. And as you, as you listen to this prayer of Paul today, I want you to listen for a couple of things. One is the depth and the complexity of God, the, the trinity of God that is expressed in the first few verses. But then the depth of um, understanding that Paul wants them to have and how he wants them to expand their thinking about who God is. Ephesians 3 verse 14, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Notice the Trinity right there. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power, together with all of the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the full measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we asked or imagined, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Do you pick up Paul's heart there? He's going, hey, I've begun to appreciate just how amazing God is. I've begun to appreciate who the Father is. I've begun to appreciate who the Son is. I've begun to appreciate who the Spirit is and how all these three persons of God work and how they all work together. And it blows my mind. It's beyond what I can imagine. But press into that. Go deeper into your understanding of that. Press into what does this mean for me? How do I get my heart and my head around this? Because as I appreciate the, uh, the awesomeness of God and who he is, I'll begin to experience him in a deeper way. Oh, my heart will expand. My mind will expand. And so here's a question that I I uh, will toss out, out to you today, as you're kind of thinking, how do I picture God to be? Another question is, what has God revealed to you? What has God revealed to you about who he is and the person that he is? And there'll be, there'll be, there'll be a way that you'll lean on this. There'll be some of us that go, I kind of see, I like to relate to Jesus because he's kind of, the guy I can kind of picture, he's my friend, you know, that's a, I could do a wee survey here, couldn't I? Like, you know, he, no, no, we won't do that. Um, but, you know, is it, is it Jesus, my friend, or is it um, the Father who's exalted above all and, and he's great and he's glorious? Or is it the Holy Spirit that we partner with and do things with, you know, as we, as we go through our week? And how you, how you picture God is going to be somewhat... Um, based on what your experience of God is so far. 
And if he's revealed himself to you as being a close friend, then you'll latch onto that and you'll identify with that. And that's great. I'm not, not criticizing any of that. that. That is awesome. But what I'm encouraging you with today is this, that God is bigger than the box that you've put him in. He's not just your friend. He's an awesome God to be worshipped. Or he's a, a God who partners with you in all that you do. And it's easy for us to get in a certain mode in our church tradition or in our lives where we go, oh yeah, it, yeah God is like this. But I just encourage you today that it's maybe a little bit broader than that. I appreciate that I've come from uh, a very traditional church tradition and then I came into uh, a Pentecostal church. I didn't just grow up in a Pentecostal church all my life. And I used to see that as a bad thing, but I actually now look back and I appreciate the diversity within that, that there was a perspective that I gained of God and of his word and different things that uh, the church that I grew up in gave me. And then there was new appreciation that I had for God that um, Pentecostalism gave me. Does, does that make sense? And I, what's really encouraging for me to see is in recent years, there's a bit more cross-pollination, so to speak, um, in between Christian traditions where we, we look at another tradition and go, okay, that's quite different to us. It's quite a different expression of worship. Maybe it's not as exuberant, as loud and all that sort of thing. And maybe, you know, doing a silent retreat, like, that's just weird. Like, why would we do that? Like, let's get the band, let's lift up the music, let's go, you know. But there is this new appreciation of, hey, there, there must be something in this. Like, there are people that experience God just sitting in silence. Well, let me give that a go. And maybe if you're a contemplative type where you love that sort of thing, that's your, that's your jam, that's what you default to, maybe try being a bit more exuberant sometimes. You know? But what I'm saying is let, let your mind and your heart be a little bit more diverse in its approach and experience to God than it's been at the moment. Does that kind of make sense? And think about how... As you approach each person of God or who he's expressed himself to be, what is he revealing to you? Like, let me just give you an example of that. Like, in, in recent years, I've appreciated again the love that the Father has for me. Now, I know that I could think of how Jesus loves me and how the Spirit loves me and all that, but it's just that, that Father heart of God, that sustains me and empowers me and is there for me. I, I've just gained a new appreciation of that in, in recent years. I've appreciated just as I come to Christ, the authority that I walk in with Christ, that, that there is this um, power and authority that as I walk in my identity with Christ, that's there. And I've appreciated that more. And then as I've taken that authority, I've realized that as I'm doing things with God, that the Spirit is right there enabling me to do that. And so, and that may be completely different for you, but think about today. This could be something that you ponder on as you go through the week. As I think about the different persons of God as one, but expressed as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, what is each one of those imparting, what revelation are they imparting to me? Be an interesting journey, just go on that a little bit more today, more this week. And as you do, what I've come to experience is as we 
allow ourselves to become a little bit more diverse in our thinking and, our, and explore more of what God is revealing or read a book from a tradition that we're not used to reading or whatever, whatever it takes, develop a style of prayer that we're not used to doing. Um, now, of course, you've always got your default that you'll go back to, but just as you experiment with those things, my prayer is that God would expand your appreciation of who he is, of all that he is to you. Yes, he is three, but he is one. He is awesome, and yet he is so close. He is in control, and we can surrender our lives to him. And as we embrace all these different elements and revelations of who God is revealing himself to be, it will change our lives. You will be changed for the better as you appreciate who God is to you. Uh, for i just give you one example of that. I, I told you of um, just appreciating the Father's love again and how in my life I can be so easily sort of slip into a performance mode where I'm going, okay, God, I'm doing this for you and I'm, I'm working hard. And then I'm kind of sitting back and going, okay, God, have, have I done a good job here? Are, are you okay with me? And, and, you know, just in those moments when I catch myself doing that, I realize, you know, God really doesn't care in, in the best possible way because he's going, Warren, I already love you. you. You don't have to perform. It's not about the work that you're doing. Don't get so full of yourself. It's not about you. It's about me. And I just get reminded of who I am before God and who he is and how much he loves me. And that revelation alone, I tell you what, just you know, going into the depths of that revelation alone changes my life. That I, that I hold on to things that, I should, that I'm worrying about that I really shouldn't be worrying about, that I stress about things that I shouldn't stress about. And God goes, I've got this. It's all right, let it go. And I go, oh, yeah, that's right. I've had that revelation. I need to, you know, sometimes we get the revelation, but we don't lean into it. Does, does that make sense? If God has revealed his care for you, if he's revealed his provision for you, if he's revealed his truth of who he is, lean into that today. Because as you lean into that, you appreciate his character more. It will change your whole perspective on life. And here's the thing, dialing right back to where we started with all this, is you'll be able to hear his voice so much clearer. See, it's in those areas where that I was just describing, that I can hear from God really clearly. Because I'm sure he's sitting there sometimes going, mate, how many times do I have to communicate this to you, Warren? You're not getting this. But God is gracious. <laughs> he, 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 he just patiently works with me. He patiently works with you as well. Uh, and, and as he just reminds me of that revelation that he's already given. And my heart goes, ah, oh, yes, that's right. And I connect with him Again, God's character will change your character. And as you seek to discern and know his will, the more you know of his character, the clearer, clearer his voice will become in your life. And wherever you're at on that journey here today, you may be a person sitting here today going, well, I don't even know that you could know God. Like this is, this is the first I've heard of what God is like or that you can hear from God. My encouragement for you today is, 
spend, we're going to pray in a moment, and as we spend that time in prayer, my encouragement would be for you to seek God out for yourself and go, okay, God, what are you revealing to me? Reveal to me who you are. That love that Warren was just talking about, reveal what that love looks like to me. Or that, that power that you have, reveal what that power looks like in my life. Or that purpose that you have for me, reveal what that looks like for me. So if you're in a place where you're still on that journey towards God, use this time in prayer to, to do that, to explore those things, to ask him to reveal himself to you. But if you already know God, don't sit there smugly and go, oh yeah, I've got God worked out. That's, that's all good. I'm, I'm sorted. Yeah, yeah the, I've, I've had enough revelation to last me a lifetime. Well, that's, that's possibly true. You could live on just the revelation that you've received so far. But why not go deeper? If, if the revelation you've already received of God, the insight that God has given you, the experience that you've had of God so far, if that's changed your life to this point, then God must have so much more for you. And that's our prayer, is that we, as we go on this journey in this series together, that you'd be willing, that we'd all be willing to go that much deeper with God that our worship lifts in our hearts, that it's expressed in every part of our lives, that we hear from God more clearly, that we're able to partner with him more ably because we're coming to know him in a much deeper way. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.